All right, welcome to Fright Central. We're back again. Uh, I'm Kevin Dock, and here again with uh, Keck. Uh, hey, buddy, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Uh, I just wanted to touch up on a few things from our last episode. I know you had mentioned uh, the historic Houston theater that had uh, closed, and you had a little bit more information on that. So I'll yeah, I didn't. I didn't that. know the name. I had just seen the New York Times. Like at the time when we cast it, it the news was only like twenty four hours old because it had just happened. So I didn't have a lot of information. But um, this is a Houston theater. It had been open for 82 years. Uh, it was called, let me just make sure, it's called the, I was, I was going to say the Twin Oaks Theater, but it was called the River Oaks Theater. And it had been in Houston for 82 years. Um, and they cited, well, they said directly in the release, they said, we are closing because of the coronavirus. The pandemic had just taken too much of a toll on them. They tried, they tried to keep it open. They tried like a bunch of like different scenarios where they could keep it open, maybe borrow some money. It was very important to the community. Um, the uh, director, Richard, Richard Linklater, who is one of my favorite directors of all time, let me just, uh, in case, you know, you uh, have been living on Mars for the uh, last 30 years or something like that, slacker, dazed and confused before sunrise, he made a remake of Suburbia, I actually did not see that, Waking Life, a very, very intellectual movie, um, um, a tape, uh, School of Rock, which I actually really like, uh, Before Sunset, it had um, Ethan Hawke in it, but it also had Julie Delphi in it, so that makes anything worth it. Uh, Fast Food Nation, A Scanner Darkly, I mean, you know, you just stop there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's Suburbia, uh, that's not a remake of the, the oh, it's not Suburbia, it's a completely different movie. <laughs> okay, well, <Yeah. laughs> I, I didn't say it, so I wouldn't have known either way, but I mean, I think he's, like, actually, like, in terms of like teen films and like you know like you know like films in your late teens early 20s or like growing up in adolescence like his message i think he's been one of the most influential american directors in the past well since he's been directing since slacker i think yeah. you had mentioned something about kevin smith uh seeing slacker for the first time yeah and, he's heavily influenced by uh why yeah. we're like later and uh, he called it he called it his personal film school uh and he was very very big on the houston community like i was saying i did not realize houston is our fifth largest city in the u.s and um he he did a bunch of things for the community and apparently like people in the houston area that could provide like proof of residence like that he would do like premieres there and they would sometimes get like uh drastically discounted tickets to see premieres and things like that i mean it sounds like it was a very very special place and um i was like really really sorry to hear that because even though i had never been there like 82 years and when you have praise from like great american directors like that it's obviously you know it's like hearing like um the last drive-in closed you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> it's just depressing do you know if that uh site has been claimed like a historic site do you like so they can't tear it down do you think it'll get um, bought out by somebody maybe what I'm quoting right now this is from abc news this yeah. was um uh, this was uh april 3rd this article came out it, it's just it um calls it a historic theater i don't know if uh the site has been i don't 
know what's going to become of it. So I have no idea yeah. whether or not they're going to preserve it. I mean, they could turn it into like a cultural site or something like that. Maybe make it into like like a like a a museum or something for like cinema through the ages that would be really cool but i have no idea if it's going to turn into something else or if it's going to get demolished and just be a hole in the ground you know yeah or maybe uh something like the uh netflix egyptian deal where like they're renovating it to like restore it uh to its um to its original like um glory no yeah and uh they're adding they're changing they're taking like a, a screening room that was added in like 92 out and uh, adding like a, a mo more modern concession area but like everything else is going to be like restored to like the way it was like intended and stuff like that so yeah. i think that's that that's pretty uh fascinating so maybe somebody some else like company like amazon or netflix will come in and start buying up all these uh theaters that are shutting down because like that's like the one thing that's kind of keeping them from like getting into like the oscars and stuff like that because is their movies premiering in theaters uh because there's a uh, i have a couple other theaters that uh just announced uh their closures or um at least closing some theaters like the alamo draft house uh filed for chapter 11 and uh they've closed down at least three locations that i know of uh, one of them being the uh flagship uh austin theater where like where South by Southwest uh, would have a lot of their screenings and stuff that, as well there, and uh, they've we're going to open one in Florida, which they've now um, decided not to. They just opened one out <laughs> here. Good choice. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say where in Florida. It just said Florida, but there was whatever. One, Good choice. Yeah, there was one in LA that they just opened up like not even a year before the pandemic hit. Uh, that one's staying open though, um, and they are still opening one in El Paso um coming soon but uh then the other um one that just announced this past week was the arc light cinemas and pacific theaters they're owned by the uh, same uh people uh they just uh announced that they're closing ever all their screens they had 300 screens just in california alone but they also had uh theaters in boston chicago and dc and uh the main the one the Arclight Look, Cinemas. The Arclight. I've never heard of it before. Yeah, and, and Pacific Theaters. Yeah, they don't have any in uh, in Jersey or, or like New York, but they're big out here. They have like the main ones called the Cinerama Dome, and it's a, it's a historical cultural monument, so like they can't tear that down. So mm -hmm. maybe somebody will come in and, and buy that one up, but they used to have uh, movie premieres, special events, and like press screenings there. I saw the road show of... Um, Tarantino's uh, Tarantino's uh, Hateful Eight there, you know the extended uh, version with the um, the you know the um, it's like not the four hour long one that's on like Netflix now, but like they they did like this roadshow version which was like an extended. I never I didn't know there was a four hour version of the Hateful Eight. Yeah, they cut it into like chapters, so it's like a four, yeah. There's a four hour version. I don't. I'm gonna have to, I still haven't watched the four hour version yet. But Wait, I've is, seen that like, the, is that the one where they like edit it so that Walton Goggins is actually playing every single character? <laughs> <laughs> that, no. that's not it no i don't think so <laughs> oh. somebody told me that he they did something where he played every single character <laughs> um i i wasn't sure if that's what all right never mind sorry no. continue no that's uh that that yeah that was a that's going to be a big loss hopefully somebody comes and uh and buys them out so that's uh that's kind of a, another huge 
yeah, that's theater. Sucks. And I think the only ones that are coming back right now are uh, that I can think of off the top of my head are like the Cinemarks, uh, Regal, and AMC, and and even those are kind of questionable. Regal, they might have. I didn't the... even know Regal was still around. Oh yeah, Re Regal's still around. They have uh, one downtown LA that's pretty big. Oh, the the one of the Pacific theaters that was huge out here as well was at the what they call the Grove. And that had that I've been there a couple of times to see a few movies. And like, I think that'll somebody will probably buy that one out because there's some theaters that they owned that, you know, made a lot of money and they'll probably reopen those. Somebody will probably buy those out and they'll probably shut down the other ones. I don't know if they'll keep the name Arclight or, or if they'll change it, but we'll see. I, I don't remember, know. Do you remember the dollar theater that was like over the Trenton Makes Bridge? I think it was like in Morrisville or in Fairless Hills, PA. Yeah, I don't it remember the like, name of it, though. It was actually like one paper dollar and like they would show movies like that were like out of the theaters. Like it was like, I think it was like they were in their transitional period, like right around the time they were going to be on like VHS. You could go there and the theater was a shithole. Like they would yeah. clean popcorn off of the floors like once a day or maybe like once every other day. <laughs> it seemed like, like once a week, <laughs> honestly. We, we used to go there and it would be a place where like you could like, you know, get a little bit rowdy with your friends. You know, people would drink, they would bring alcohol and things like that into the theaters. It used to be like a hookup spot when we were like, you know, still in high school where you didn't have anywhere else to bring your girlfriend and, you know, you could have a really cheap date for two bucks. So, yeah. I mean, that was really cool. I think that closed down like a long time ago but, yeah there's um, still a second run that's called a second run theater it's like right before it becomes uh <laughs> oh, yeah it was on. definitely second run <laughs> yeah it's it's after it's been in theaters for a certain amount of time but before it comes out on like vhs or dvd and nowadays it would be before it came out on vod there's still uh, theaters out here like that they're not necessarily a dollar anymore but they're they're usually maybe like four or five bucks to yeah, see like, I something that that's been out great because it was actually one dollar yeah. like you go yeah. in there and just hand them a buck and like that was general admission you know what i mean so i just thought that was like really 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 cool so, yeah there's this place the called uh vidiots uh <laughs> out here that was in um santa monica area i forget exactly where it was but uh they actually moved to um an area called eagle rock and they've opened up a um a theater as well I, I don't know if it's i think it's only one screen but they're going to be showing a lot of the independent things and it's a it's a straight up old school like video store where you can go in and like rent a movie like whether it's on vhs dvd or blu-ray and they have like a really wide selection it's a lot of stuff that's like hasn't like a lot of the vhs stuff is like stuff that's not been put on dvd and stuff so they have a lot of rare things there and a Isn't lot of people used to go blockbuster video store isn't is there still one blockbuster video store open i know john oliver did a segment about it i think it's in washington state uh there's a documentary on uh netflix right now called the last uh, blockbuster I thought it was alaska because that would make sense i think there <laughs> might be one in alaska but i think the the one that's in the documentary is, is on and is one in of them have um russell crowe's jocks 
Yeah, I remember that uh, John Oliver uh, taping. I'm not exactly sure which blockbuster it was. It might have been the one in Alaska. Yeah, I feel uh, like it was in Alaska. I feel like it was in Alaska, but he d- maybe because um, fucking uh, Russell Crowe's from Australia. Maybe like I'm thinking Russell Crowe, Australia. I don't know because yeah, he also I did remember. a thing about uh, ko- koala bears with chlamydia. So <laughs> yeah, and he, he has that. About Austra- yeah, the, the John Oliver uh, Center for Chlamydia Koalas or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It could have been. <laughs> I think it was either Washington State or Alaska. Yeah, I can't remember. Alaska. I think the documentary is uh, the one on Netflix is about the one in uh, Washington State, but I don't remember. I haven't seen the the documentary yet, but fuck yeah. blockbuster anyway yeah. <laughs> whatever hey yeah. i never worked for the people i worked for a lot of different video store chains but like blockbuster was not one of them yeah i don't want to get into why i don't like blockbuster right <laughs> yeah. now that's a whole nother discussion but yeah. uh and there's a lot of reasons not to like it so yeah but, yeah i um, mean well i mean a good segue for that is uh, one of the reasons uh, um blockbuster kind of failed was because they had a chance to buy out netflix and uh they turned it down because they didn't think netflix was going to take off and it ended up being their downfall so (laughs) yeah i gotta tell you like whoever oh my god whoever it was can you imagine being the final say as a blockbuster executive like it was your final say which pushed you in the direction not to go yeah. after that like yeah. dude that's and it would have been that. like i think it was like 500 million or something like that it was like cheap and <laughs> like bro that's like being the guy that jumps out off the top of the high rise <laughs> yeah. fucking like manhattan like fucking uh, manhattan skyscraper that's the dude that just walks off the edge yeah so, so speaking of Netflix, um, and you know how all these uh, streaming service all, uh, services are popping up. Um, well, Sony actually is not doing a streaming service. They originally had a deal with Stars, who is owned by uh, Lionsgate. Well, starting in 2022, they uh, will be uh, premiering their films on Netflix. You know, after their theatrical run. So, didn't Stars used to be Prism? when it was a cable channel isn't it the same people oh i don't know i didn't really look into that deep i just know stars is kind of i thought they were owned by sony because most of their stuff has gone to stars uh for the most time i can remember but yeah they i guess it was owned by lionsgate this whole time yeah well comcast cable um before like you know things got all tech and stuff like that and like hbo used to be channel 18 universally and stuff like that um i think it was like channel 20 was a channel called prism and this was in like the early 1990s and then that changed when um well as technology improved and they all started having like their own blocks for different providers but i think stars used to be prison and yeah that's all yeah i don't know yeah but uh yeah so the the deal doesn't start till 2022 so i believe anything that comes out this year like i believe ghostbusters afterlife is is still going to be part of sony i don't know if like the when the deal expires on uh stars if those movies are going to be part of 
the uh, the Netflix deal, or if this is just the the uh, Sony's new releases. There isn't a, really a ton of detail on that. That's just they just announced that they were doing a deal starting in 2022 that all the new stuff was going to be premiering on there. So I think that's good because I don't really want to pay for another streaming service. So I'm glad, and I don't think Sony has a big enough library to start their own either. So I mean, I don't know. I guess you can never totally discount Sony. Um, you know, everybody thought like P uh, Xbox One was going to be the successor, and like Sony mounted like a fucking blaring comeback. I'll never like they thought Xbox was going to become like the big thing, and like PS4, they've made documentaries recently about one is on Netflix, and uh, you know, so I'll just never discount Sony. Um, no, yeah, but I think <laughs> like, I think it's smart that they're doing it this way instead of trying to uh compete with all the different streaming services no like, I hey, agree. hey we don't have a, a, a deep enough background let's just make a deal with a, one of a, an already running uh service and i think it's good for netflix because they've been losing a lot of their uh stuff to all these other streaming services that have been like letting their deals expire and taking their stuff back so netflix is kind of scrounging is amazon for... prime is amazon prime one of them no, uh, you know, like Paramount and oh, okay. Disney gotcha. and stuff like that that used to uh, and Peacock, so NBC Universal, you know, they used to sell all their stuff to like, you know, Netflix and Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now they're just like letting those deals expire and taking their movies back. So, um, yeah. No, gonna, I, I think know. it's a great idea. What, yeah. what I was trying to say is I think Sony is a very good company. Oh, yeah. Smart people. And like, I would never count them out, you know? No, I mean? not at all. But I think it's smart that Anything they're doing that it this takes way. Away business from Amazon right now is good because like Amazon's just becoming like scaringly huge to me. Yeah. <laughs> like way too big. So anything that like stops its growth makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, so last week, or not last week, but uh, last episode, we did our, uh, we talked about our giant monster movies. Yeah. So I don't know if you had a chance to watch uh, Godzilla vs. Kong since last I watched week. A, yeah, I did. I actually watched it like just before the cast, but I don't want to say I watched it. I skimmed it. Um, you watched it, the monster fights, the important parts, right? In the first like maybe 60 seconds, like when they mention like when the two people, like the first English dialogue in the movie is like 60 seconds in. And I think her first line was like, we have to keep King Kong here or else Godzilla will find him again. I immediately skimmed like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, some of that dialogue is like a story. It's like, wait, what? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I got the fear immediately, and I was yeah. just like, oh my fucking, like that, like that's your opening too. And it was just like, you know, your first opening paragraphs and like a script. You want to be like the best of the script. You want to start sucking. When I heard that, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Well, there's like a there's a podcaster that's like. <laughs> apparently has a popular uh podcast about like uh the titans and he's like well i'm working for this corporation i'm gonna go steal some secrets for it and like and he goes and completes like his deal nobody tries to stop him it's like <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's, that's pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got the fear immediately. And so I just skimmed like to the battles and I skimmed that, like the introduction of certain characters, like um, stars guard and like the other, like, so I, I tried to like do that. So for me, the whole movie was only like maybe 35 minutes total. And I watched like the Naval battle scene, the battle scene at sea was pretty cool. Yeah, I I like that. But there was no legible story there. But um, I don't know, like, I thought the CGI was pretty good. I didn't think it was as good as people were describing it to me. Like, I have heard people say, like, I thought it was the best CGI I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was like, incredible CGI, but like, it was it was all right and yeah the battles were good it was pretty much like what we said last cast yeah everything you said is pretty much what i agree with like the battles were pretty cool um you know i i did feel like some people told me well you know they were saying it's a godzilla movie but it's more of a king kong movie i definitely agree with that yeah like it seemed to me like you know like you know, King Kong was the lead and Godzilla would have been up for best supporting actor. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it was cool. The, the fights were good and stuff like that. And I mean, I really don't have any more to say. Yeah. What I was thinking after I was like talking about it last week, um, I was like, man, that's such a, like, when you really think about like what happens in that, in all of the movies, pretty much, it's like, one of the most ridiculous things to like try to describe to somebody like the like the human elements and like the whole backstory and everything it just sounds like so ridiculous and over the top like the whole time i'm like this must sound like the most bizarre like random fucking thing like i don't know like i don't know how like if anybody was listening to that and hadn't seen the movies they'd be like i don't i don't know what you're talking about it sounds really dumb (laughs) and and i mean it is dumb but like i'm there for the monster fights like that that's all that matters but like i was saying yeah. like the main monster fight like the, i think the main difference between the um this and the other ones is like they the cgi battles are like in the light and they're not like hitting in shadows and darkness a lot of times like even the the night battle in hong kong is like a lot of neon like it's like lit up so you can like still see everything that's happening so i appreciate yeah. that so but uh, yeah, it's, so to get off the giant monster movies, I want to go back <clears throat> to the classical monster movies. And um, WD, WB first, uh, you know, who owns Legendary, who did the giant monster movies, they have, were trying to start the Dark Universe, which is basically a bunch of classic universal monsters, you know, literary monsters that, you know, they're all like public domain. They don't cost anything uh for rights or anything like that and they had originally started this in 2014 with dracula untold and then that completely <laughs> bombed <laughs> so then they tried to restart it again in 2017 with tom cruise's the mummy which also completely fucking failed <laughs> you know they threw uh, russell crowe's uh uh mr hyde in there as well yeah uh, uh but then they restarted it again with the invisible man which I don't know if they're still trying to do an interconnected thing anymore, but I think I, I think Invisible Man was a great start to uh, team up with Bloomhouse and and to do do it that way. I think that was a smart move. It was better than I expected. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I wasn't expecting to like it, and I, I don't, 
I think it did really well. And I believe the uh, Fangoria Chainsaw Awards are this Sunday on Shudder. And uh, that's up for uh, best wide release uh, movie. I mean, we'll talk about the, uh, we already did our best from last year. You can go back and listen to that. Um, but I'm sure we'll cover um, what the Chainsaw Awards, which is whatever, which is all voted on by fans. Well, I'm sure we'll go over that. But yeah, uh, yeah some of the upcoming projects that um, they have, coming are uh, they want to do uh, uh you know a frankenstein movie a bride of frankenstein uh an invisible woman which is you know not related to the invisible man it's a completely separate character yeah. uh they also want to do a sequel to invisible man as well they want to do dracula uh, i think the one that has the most um go for it right now is, is uh the wolfman because it's got Ryan Gosling and Leia Winnell, who did like the Saul movies, and uh, I believe he did Insidious. Yeah, uh, he's they're they're both attached right now for that, so that seems to be like the next project. Um, but there's also talk of like a uh, a Dark Army, which is going to be like a team up of the monsters, kind of like how Monster Squad, which is still my favorite team up of uh, the the classic monsters. Uh. I'm trying the 80s classic, yeah. which were like all the characters were kind of like all the kids were kind of like ripped off of the Goonies characters yeah, in a way. I mean, but like I, was... I think that's like one of the best uh Frankenstein's monster and like the Dracula was really good. The the mummy and the Dracula creature from the, the creature really from the good. Black Lagoon. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I was too. thinking in yeah. my head, what was the lizard creature? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah that. I gotta tell you, if there is a better team up like that, I'm not sure I've seen it. Yeah. If if there is one, I can't think of one off the top of my head that even really comes close to it. Um. So you know. Well, there yeah. is one that comes close to it, which is what we wanted to, which we discussed. Uh, is uh, Penny in, Dreadful? I, I meant like in terms of film. In film, yes. We're yes. Not, like yeah. I can't think of another film that even comes close to it. No. So, yeah. yeah, not not at all. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the smart move was for um, Showtime, who did Penny Dreadful. This came out in 2014, which uh, was right around the same time uh, that Dracula Untold did. So, and it ended in 2016, which was right before the uh, the Mummy. So, uh, but I think this is been besides monster squad um and film i think this has been the best version of a lot of those characters in television yeah that's been yeah, pretty uh, dreadful yeah absolutely yeah if you guys have not seen it pretty dreadful i was talking to somebody the other day and they had i was saying uh, we're going to do a podcast to talk about penny dreadful like thinking he'd be like because he's into like horror and stuff and like i figured he'd be like oh yeah classic and he was like what's that <laughs> and i was like oh dude i was like you know at a time when like quality right now is not really in what i call abundance so like if you're gonna go back and watch something like you know if there's something that you've missed and you never heard of penny dreadful like it's time to you know 
put some, aside some hours of your life for a fucking amazing monster team up like the integration uh is fucking perfect it was so fucking clever man the way they like what were your initial impressions like well, well first uh i just want to mention that it was originally on uh showtime which you can still watch the uh first three seasons on, on showtime we won't be talking about city of angel which was kind of a spin-off and that was more based on uh folklore uh, and yeah, the first, I, I've never seen it. Well, yeah, we, neither of us have seen it, so we're not gonna even talk about that since we haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. But the first three seasons are are available on Netflix right now, so you can easily go back and watch it if you have a Netflix account. You don't need to sign Do up for Showtime or anything. Netflix? Uh, I'm not sure. I just uh, saw it on there because I've watched it recently within the past couple months because I had only maybe seen like an episode here or there. Yeah. And I think I, I think I'd watched one episode and I was like, I don't know what this is. I'm not that interested. And I didn't watch it like when it aired live because I didn't catch it from the beginning. So I didn't know yeah. what the hell was going on. I think I remember Dorian Gray being in it and being like, yeah, if you I catch it. Yeah. yeah, it was like a ballroom scene or something like that. And there's dancing. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, this yeah, looks you, dumb. This is not something that you can just like, I mean, I don't, uh, yeah, it's not something that you can just pick up halfway and be like, oh, yeah, all right. You know, I can follow on this. Like, I don't need, yeah, you need but, to watch the, from episode one or you're going to be totally fucking. <laughs> yeah, when I went back and I watched the pilot, I was like, all right, let me sit down and really check this out. And uh, when once I finished that pilot i was like wow how did i not see this when it came yeah. out like the, the pilot was is is perfect and i thought it was really amazing but uh one of the reasons well uh, people talk about like oh, oh it got canceled it got canceled um i was reading recently that it actually really didn't get canceled necessarily i mean there was declining viewership and, and you know the cost of it was uh getting pretty expensive compared to what else was on yeah. uh, showtime at the time um but the showrunner or show creator i should say uh john logan actually said it was intended to only be three seasons because uh, he knew it wasn't going to be a long-running one. He knew Showtime wasn't going to do it. The cast didn't find out till about halfway through season two that it was only going to be three seasons. But, yeah, uh, see, that was the rumor I had heard. I had heard that there were, they had planned to have a fourth and final season, and one of the reasons that, that they didn't do it were because of casting conflicts because they were kind of like up in the air or something like that, and they're like some of the cast like want to know like whether or not they should be committed to a fourth season or something like that but you're saying that didn't happen that was yeah like a yeah that there was a casting issue where like several of the stars were going to not be available for a fourth season that that did not happen no john logan had pretty much had came out and said that the whole all three seasons pretty much revolve around the character of vanessa eyes and like once yeah. she's not there like it's pretty much just a bunch of monster characters roaming around. And it's like most of it is is basically Vanessa Isa. Once she's not in it anymore, there's no point in doing it. Yeah, anymore. yeah. I mean, she, she pretty much, she's like the narrator of like all the like integrations, like all the segues into the different monsters and the different characters. Like she's the one that takes you there. Without her, you know, it's like taking away the sun. Yes. So basically, the uh, for people who don't know the show, uh, the basic uh, premise, premise is uh, it's about an explorer, uh, Sir Malcolm Murray, who's played by uh, Timothy Dalton, and uh, he's getting 
all these uh, different characters together, including a uh, gunslinger, Ethan Chandler, who was, who was an American, uh, played by Josh Harnett, uh, the scientist, Victor Frankenstein, uh, played by uh, Harry uh, Treadaway, uh, medium Vanessa Ives, played by Eva Green. Oh, geez. And uh, they unite to combat uh, supernatural threats in Victorian London. And that's the basic premise. So yeah. uh, if you haven't seen the show, you maybe want to stop here and go watch the show because we may spoil uh, some of this as we go forward. So I just want to let you know. Yeah, we'll try not to go too deep into it. Um, so if you if you still want to watch it, I won't really spoil too much of it. But I assume everybody's seen this. I'm assuming that 95% of the people that would listen to a horror podcast have definitely seen this, maybe seen it multiple times. Hey, man, I just watched it for the first time a couple months ago. And, yeah, that's, uh, wild. So. that's wild to me <laughs> yeah. because this is like something like, I mean, like, they take all like they take all the like origins like the early like like horror as a concept in film like you know originating from like the wolfman like the early monsters of like the 1950s and like you know what led to slasher like which led to everything else that you see horror wise on film like it, it all came from these characters so i and oh man <laughs> Yeah, yeah like the only other away. one the only other one that i knew that was even in this show was dorian gray because i had seen dorian, it so dorian i didn't gray know was my biggest surprise well you had gone over all all the different characters how many monster different monsters were represented in well, you get, you get uh, Victor Frankenstein's, you get the creature, which I really liked when yeah. you first see him, like, and he, and he, you know, you see the creature for the first time. I was like, oh, okay, they're doing like, and like, he's just creating the creature. I was like, oh, that's interesting. They decided to set him in uh, London, but then you see his original creature return and like, he's been hunting for him and looking for yeah. him. So you're like, oh, okay, so he was in where i don't remember where exactly uh frankenstein's originally from but like if then he moved to london and i and thought he was from germany is he from germany originally that sounds frankenstein right. I, yeah. I i it sounds yeah. pretty german i think they i think they say in the show exactly where but i don't remember uh but yeah like and it's it's interesting watching like like his his original creation is hunted has like searched for him because he's he's felt abandoned by him and he's come back to like you know get not necessarily get his revenge but in a way yes but uh yeah i mean it, it, the thing about oh i just need to mention this because like yeah. there's like frankenstein is like very misrepresented to a lot of people because a lot of people think that the monster is called frankenstein and frankenstein is actually the creator of the monster as you referred frankenstein like the the creature that he produces that's the creature frankenstein yeah. is not the monster no. <laughs> but from what i understand uh i was uh, just talking to somebody the other day like oh he's on the cereal box and i was like that's not franken frankenstein no, that's Frank the that made that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes i was like people say this to me all the time when i'm describing this and i'm like what the fuck yeah but, but uh, from what i understand like it can kind of go you can also refer to the the creature's Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. you can yeah. because it's like 
it's his last name so it's kind of like your son going by your last name as well since he's his creator yeah you call no. both frankenstein so it, I, I let, I let I it was... slide because i know who they're talking about when somebody yeah, says i just frankenstein. i feel yeah. like whenever i talk about frankenstein like i want to just make that like i just want to make that clear that yeah. that actually yeah that's why i'll refer to him as the creature in this and yeah show. Uh, well i noticed i noticed you did that when you said yeah. the i i felt like i want to mention that but uh yeah continue yeah so uh some of the other uh characters that show up are uh the bride of uh frankenstein uh you get um mr hyde or dr jekyll actually you maybe get a little hint of uh mr hyde in there yeah uh there's hints of uh well there's actually a mention of the mummy which i thought they were going to do for a season four and then i realized that <laughs> i they, thought uh, i thought the exact same yeah, thing i, was I like, thought that would have been an interesting way to go I, yeah. I knew the mummy was going to come i didn't know if the mummy was going to be like a big part of it but like in season two when they have like um the daughters of lucifer and stuff like that like going after them i was like oh i was like there's gonna be a scene and they're gonna go into like this ancient place and you know i mean they're gonna have to find some artifact or something and that's where the mummy's gonna come from i wait it and i wait it and i wait it and i avoided hearing anything else about the show waiting for that but the time just never came you know what i mean like I, yeah I figured... the only mention is one of the other characters says he's going to egypt to investigate yeah <laughs> so and you, you really that's when you get the hint well, they, they never wouldn't even pick up on that though. yeah yeah i think he says like imhotep and i was like oh the mummy i was like <laughs> so i picked up on that right away but uh then i think van helsing shows up for like two episodes and he's like an older man i thought uh sir malcolm murray was gonna be uh i thought timothy dalton would have been uh van helsing yeah well that velhan it was interesting because I believe in the show, Van Helsing was only consulting with Dr. Frankenstein. They weren't, there was, I don't think um, he mentioned vampires or anything like that. Like he was a vampire no. hunter. He was, he was, uh, Dr. Frankenstein had Van Helsing as like a mentor figure. Yeah, like right. he, he was like his teacher. He was like his academic scholar and whatnot. And so whenever he had like a serious matter or something, he would bring it to Dr. Van Helsing and they would have like you know consult and stuff I, I thought that was a i thought that was i thought Van helsing was going to be like a big part of it when i first saw you know frankenstein talking to him and uh you know that ended very abruptly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i wasn't yeah, expecting that at all either i thought yeah, it was gonna creature, be a bigger part of it creature yeah. takes its revenge yeah. and he kills van helsing and yeah. i don't associate with van helsing with frankenstein anyway yeah but they did it and it was fucking clever everything was clever i'm gonna say yes. that a lot this show was just so fucking clever in me like i was so in awe by it but yeah um, one of the other uh main characters that they introduce is dracula and i thought the way they described uh dracula and his backstory and his connection with lucifer and and heaven and the fallen yeah. angels i thought that was fantastic i was like holy shit like this is a completely new take on the character and, and uh, you should note though that dracula i believe dracula as a character i don't believe he was mentioned until season three no, I don't think so either. But uh, he's definitely his presence is felt 
throughout because well, in the first season is mostly vampires and Lucifer. Did you notice the transformation too? Because like in the first season, no Dracula, but she was being hunted by vampires. Yes. That was something that was happening. And the master vampire, something I found interesting in the first season looked like Nosferatu. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And as the vampire scene went through the seasons, it kind of evolved into the Dracula that we all know with uh Renfro and like the you know the class the classic Dracula story. It was kind of like an evolution from like the early like what was it 1929 when the first Dracula came out. And then it seemed to like evolve into like 1950s Dracula and Dracula that we all know today um i don't know if they did that intentionally but i i feel that they i feel that they did i, I, I think so as well yeah you know, once, once they get once you get the whole backstory of like dracula and like and the, uh, the connection to lucifer and vanessa yeah. ives and everything you're like yeah this was definitely planned out like i i just meant i don't know if they were trying to make it like the evolution i don't know if they were trying to like show like as the seasons went on the transition of dracula as it transitioned through the film industry oh yeah yeah, yeah. brought to um like uh jonathan malkovich uh did a movie um about it called uh shadow of the vampire i believe yes with uh willem dafoe it, yeah, it, it shows Nosferatu, and you know it shows him and like you know i don't know if they were trying to show like all right we're gonna we're going to allude to Dracula, but we're not going to say or mention him. And we're going to kind of show the evolution as it evolved through uh, cinema over the years. I don't know for a fact that that's what they were going for, but I, I like to think that that's what. Yeah, it seems like it was. But uh, yeah, so the, the first season basically is uh, <clears throat> Timothy Dalton getting these characters together to help find his uh, daughter who's been like kidnapped. And uh, he already knows about vampires and like he brings in like Victor Frankenstein to like, you know, examine them to be and uh, and he needs uh, the gunslinger uh, Josh Harnett as like his enforcer. And, and yeah, like, he, I love how they kind of weave them together to like come in and be like, all right, let, like these are the people I, I need. And like the, I need my scientist, I need my gunslinger, I need my medium. I, like and and she's also like uh is kind of adopted like uh vanessa ives uh eva green's character is kind of like a, an adopted daughter to him because like him and his uh his daughter and her were like kind of best friends growing up and they, they were like neighbors as they as they grew up so they've they're all kind of connected as well and then like when they bring in these other characters i was like wow i really love how like they're they're mixing these characters in together and like the, it felt very natural of a coming together and didn't really feel like forced at all like like oh here's dracula here's mr hyde like let's just throw them together and it, yeah. like it didn't feel forced at all it felt very no well, that's what i mean it was just yeah. so well done like the integration was like seamless like i it, i was think i just don't know it's a great mind that came up with like this whole like concept like how how they were able to do it like i mean fucking a like the, i just remember the, i'm like oh so, oh dude i just, it, it was just yeah. so, like i realize i'm not doing a very good job of describing it but like <laughs> it was every episode like 
there were no sidebar episodes. Like it was just structured so well, like everything flowed so well as a new character came, it gave an error to a new monster and then something else after that. And then they were all like hanging out together, yeah. but it wasn't corny. It's not no. like you think if somebody described the show to me, I'll be like, dude, that sounds so fucking stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds like uh, charmed or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I'd be like, yeah, that. Yeah, because the second season has witches in it, and like they're fucking phenomenal they're, the way they were portrayed as well. Like, they were great. Who was the um? She was like the um. She was like, I guess what you would call Lucifer's daughter, in that she served him like eternally. I she's actually based on. There were other movies that were about the daughter of Lucifer and her character has a name and I can't remember what she was in the old um, horror movies, but she was played by the same actress that plays Polly in Peaky Blinders. And I think she is an absolutely exceptional actress. And she was, yeah. um, And the daughters, the CGI, I thought was really fucking cool in this show. Like there wasn't like an overabundance of it, but like, especially in season two with um, Lucifer's minions, like the witches, because, you know, they're all like, like the way they described them is like their bodies were like naked and hairless and they were scarred with lucifer's claw some of them had like pentagrams drawing and markings of lucifer on them yeah and other others like they describe like lucifer taking its claws and just shredding through their flesh so if you see them like as their true form they're like these really deformed demonic witches but like they're able to kind of cast like a constant illusion which makes them look like beautiful women that can move through Really through like you know uh upper class society in london and uh that was i and the seat it was all cgi during the transformations although the suits that they wear i saw the making of the suits that they wore were like a latex yeah there's a lot of practical effects in that show yeah, as well that's so. it, it, yeah it was a great integration of cgi with practical filmmaking like absolutely and uh yeah that yeah that was amazing i mean it's hard for me to think of some of the monsters like classic monsters that it did not i guess there was no creature from the lagoon like a monster squad yeah we had we had the wolfman frankenstein the creature um dorian gray which dorian gray i don't know if you would consider dorian gray a monster but, uh, not necessarily but at the same time he kind of is because he's kind yeah. of like this ever-living creature in a way it's open because for of the, interpretation yeah it's definitely open for interpretation but in and he, the, by the way dorian gray has the classiest orgies i must say like, yeah <laughs> he does and he, he, he's bisexual yeah um and you know he yeah he does have classy ass orgies yeah. very classy orgies. yeah i really liked his character because he like since he's lived such a long life he'll he'll he loves to try out new things and he'll get real into something and then he'll just get bored of it and like toss it aside whether it's a, a person yeah, how or a many thing. how many centuries had he lived for because he says in the uh in the show at one point he said he's telling the bride of frankenstein who 
I'm not sure who came up with that idea, but Bry the Frankenstein and Dorian Gray become like hardcore partners for a while. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I didn't recognize that actress for a minute, but then when I did, I I think it took me to like the second season. I was like, oh yeah, she was in like the first season of uh, the reboot of Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston. She plays, she's like the main main sidekick for for her, the main companion, I should say. Sorry, I don't want to piss off Doctor Who fans. Yeah. yeah, uh, (laughs) She, I I, I mean, I really loved that season. I watched all the way up to the David Tennant series. Uh, I didn't get into the Matt Smith because I was like, nah, David Tennant's so great. But anyway, uh, well, I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's fucking Billy Piper. I was like, how did I not recognize her? She was fantastic in this series as well. And like, she really has a, a great arc as well in this. And I really uh, liked her teaming up with Dorian Gray in that as well. Like, it was it was so good. And when they bring in Talks like- about revolutions. He said, I've yes. seen revolutions rise and fall. I've seen empires rise and fall. And he said something to her, he's like, and it's boring to me now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because she, she, she tries well. to start up a, a revolution. Like, yeah, and he's kind of like, I'm madly insane. She, and he's like, yeah, I'm not into this anymore. <laughs> and it's fucking yeah. so great the way. He, she wanted to pretty much exterminate men, didn't she? At, at yes. first it started with like rough Johns because yeah. the Bride of Frankenstein, before she became like a creature herself, she lived her life as... Well, I think in the I think in the original Frankenstein, Frankenstein brings parts of all different people to, yeah. and puts them together. And that's and how that the original creatures. creature is. But in this, it's like an actual. It was a guy that died. So yeah. it's not like and parts of somebody. Show, yeah. In this show, the Bride of Frankenstein, she was just you know the body of a woman. There was yeah. nothing added to her. So she had lived her life as a prostitute. Yes. And she, I believe, died of combustion, tuberculosis, yes. like very slowly and painfully. But um, she had to act as a prostitute throughout her life. And so she remembers, like, you know, the rough lifestyle of, I thought there was going to be Jack the Ripper. Yeah, because they do hint at that, but that it actually ended up being because she was a prostitute and she was talking about the Jack the Ripper error. And I thought they were going to have that, but I don't want to get come back to that. I don't want to get too sidetracked. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so she remembers like how rough of a life it was for her being a prostitute in London at the time, a very poor prostitute. And so she leads this revolution where at first she wants she um, recruits first off an army of whores and the army of whores are sent to like cut off the hands of like all the rough johns they come across oh that's that and, seems fantastic yeah and dorian yeah. gray has the he's the only male there in his own house first off it's in yeah. his own mansion he's ridiculously rich and it's her brian frankenstein went army of whores and they're all throwing hands that they've chopped off of like you know their male clients onto the table like massive piles of hands and and um, I think she goes from there and evolves to the point where she kind of wants to like exterminate all men. Like she wants to establish like women as like a dominant class. I thought that was a little bit overdone. Um, like, you know, cause she kind of like becomes a bit genocidal, but I don't know. Other people have said, well, you know, the creatures are going to want revenge and rage. And so they're both going yeah, I, to come to that point. I feel like um, if it, if it her, uh, uh, character purposely uh, uh yeah uh, 
think she had I'm a great heart. Sure yeah. The genocide scene kind of became weird, but like uh, other than that, I thought it was really, again, very clever and very well done. Yeah. To, um, to touch on your uh, Jack the Ripper uh, <laughs> moment, there was a, a part in the first season where they had mentioned because there had been some horrible killing and they were like, they thought it was uh, Jack the Ripper, but later on you end up finding out it was uh, the Wolfman. Uh, yeah. And I really loved how they did like the whole story of the Wolfman and how it it uh it was like a Native American thing and like that the, like like they did with Dracula they kind of reinvented uh his character as well and I thought yeah. that was really good too and I mean you don't see a lot of him in in the makeup but when you do I thought it was really good and not too too much over the top uh, it was not it, yeah, yeah it wasn't but the, the murdering was of, the right amount yeah the murdering uh that happens when he is 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 fucking brutal yeah it's, <laughs> it's extremely fantastic he's yeah totally out of control like the, it, he's not the wolfman where he has like half of his mind there's been different interpretations of the wolfman yeah. over the years and some it's like the wolfman kind of has control and restraint and others where he's just like berserk and fucking just destroys everything and this is where he's berserk and just pretty much destroys everything yeah. other than other werewolves which he only comes across once yeah so um but yeah there's a um there's a boy one of dracula's servants in scene three near the end of the show and the boy is before dracula and he's describing to dracula what he saw the wolfman do and i think he says something like lumps of flesh they ate and ate it was on the holy carnage sire oh yeah because he quote, tears yes. through like a ton of fucking dracula's yeah. like minions then, like it's so dracula's great like, like by dracula. himself <laughs> like that's dracula. like the only person dracula like fears yeah yeah that's what he goes into it and he's like so he comes for me the wolf of god and like at one point the boy's like well do you want me to send some of the other vampires like your other forces but and he's like no he's too strong now and yeah then he have, was like yeah we'll just he'll just rip through them as well like there's no and point enters, and then enters the bride of dracula yeah who is evergreen huge spoiler <laughs> we That's did say another, but yeah i did like I didn't see that coming. I guess I yeah. should have seen that coming. Like, it seems obvious now, but I did not. I never thought she was going to succumb to Dracula. I thought it was going to be a constant struggle against Satan and Dracula. Even like, with that spoiler, if you're still listening, uh, uh, I would still go and watch the show because watching the evolution of that character and like, and even after the whole uh bride of dracula it's still a fantastic watch well you never know what the vampire's intention are for vanessa until season three yeah so you can watch the first two seasons it seems like they kind of want to like capture her like take her power from her and kill her that's yeah. what i got in like i thought they wanted to they said no i no. believe in the first two seasons they wanted to bring her to because lucifer wanted to be the bride to bring about uh destruction to take to take back heaven and then in uh when she, uh, dracula wants her for a different reason he doesn't want world destruction he wants world domination yeah but it both leads like becoming a vampire like is sort of like 
you have to die and be reborn, right? Yeah, I think yeah. That, and so in the case of Lucifer, it wouldn't be bring. I guess it would be killing her and turning her into like a dark angel or like a some kind of demonic creature. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because wasn't she, she like come a, back human? Because she was like a reincarnated uh, version of some of of like ancient um, Ma- Madam of Evil. And like that's yeah. why they were all kind of like after her and Lucifer and, and Dracula are actually like, you know, um the same uh entity that were split into two brothers, one of the flesh of as Dracula and Lucifer as as the uh the soul that was damned to uh hell. So like they're the dragon they're, and the serpent. And yeah, and they both wanted to uh to take over heaven. I thought that was uh, yeah, that, that whole backstory is just so fucking fantastic. And I'm like I was like, man, that, that's not something like that I would have thought of for for a new take on Dracula. I wouldn't have I like the writers of this show and the creators of this show, the people that produced it, like they're just so far ahead of anything that I could be. Like my mind could never ever come up with things like this like i mean it it was just so well done that's all i can really say like i'm not i know i'm not like providing like detail like hardcore analyze like interpretations of like each character but like it's because it's so beyond me like it was just so well done so well written you know what i mean and i um i was just really sorry to see it go i mean before talking about any more um the ending was pretty controversial what were your feelings well this is gonna be a big spoiler so you may want to skip ahead a, a little bit but uh i don't know i liked it i thought the ending i thought the ending was good i, I didn't feel like it was that i mean i could see why people didn't like it yeah but at the same time i thought i thought i really i, I really enjoyed it i mean like, i don't know many people that like the ending it's yeah. like in the conversations i've had um and the stuff that like i've read online and stuff like that a lot of people claim that they thought it was very forced and i sort of felt that way too that's why i thought the show had been canceled because it seemed like they suddenly kill off the main character like in a very sort of strange way where i got very confused and didn't really know what the fuck was going on she she basically sacrificed herself like her like the only reason she became the the bride of of dracula because she knew it was the only way to save everyone was to become the bride and then to sacrifice herself for the for the greater good i thought i thought it was a great end to her arc like I, so I, you're saying she knew she had to do that the entire time? Maybe not the. But I think once she found out uh, that 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 was Dracula, I think she figured that was the only way, at least in her mind, for for its end. Otherwise, they would, you know, they would have just kept coming for her. And I feel like that was the only way was to to become. It seemed to me like when she became like the bride of Dracula, it seemed like she was like really into it yeah i mean she was like pumped about i thought she like was like i found my purpose now like this is what i want to be and it seemed like in the course of like one episode she went from like being like happy and content to like wanting to die like you know wanting to sacrifice herself like she seemed to like really kind of change her 
opinion on who she wanted to be like yeah. very rapidly well maybe once she realized five minutes yeah maybe once she realized what she had become then then that's when she realized that like she needed to die but she so maybe just, she wanted she to be had that. just become that and she like was just getting into it yeah. i guess is what i mean like because i when think i think maybe episode, um i think maybe josh harnett's character made made her realize that like that that's not really what you know she she actually wanted and that like she she was a better person that like she was loved because she felt abandoned by uh, in the third season because like both uh him and timothy dalton had left and she was all alone and and uh the only solace she could seek was in dracula and then when she sees them kind of return and like you know that whole conversation that, that, that like he has with her at the end i think maybe she realized that like she was actually loved and that like the only way to save them now was for her to die well yeah that that's very clear i'm not saying that yeah. that wasn't clear at the end i guess like i thought the the character like went through like a personality disorder just rather quickly i thought like the character completely changed perspective during the course of about 45 minutes of an episode and i don't know that it was just it the i don't know j just was an odd conclusion to me that she would end up like dying at the end but i mean i guess yeah once she succumbed to dracula's persuasions and he actually made her into i don't know it wasn't clear if like he bit her and she died and then rose again like the other brides of dracula it wasn't clear if it wasn't clear what made a vampire a vampire in that because they didn't show like the kids dying necessarily. They like, just kind of turned. I remember, yeah, yeah they were, and they kind of gave you the impression, like I know Dr. Frankenstein, who had been investigating, he had at one point said, I think I know a cure for it and suggested that blood transfusions yeah. might be able to break some of the vampires free of their spells. So it was, I don't know if it was a spell cast over them or they were like, you know, like, you know just being drawn to a force they couldn't escape any longer or if they actually died and rose again they didn't they weren't clear on that i didn't i didn't see it so i don't know if dracula actually killed vanessa so that she was now an undead minion like forever or if it was something that could possibly be something where she could be cured of his spell once he himself dies because that's also been like um a theme in vampire movies if you kill the head vampire the other vampires turn back to normal yeah that's you, true but I, I mean dracula does have like a huge influence and he can control kind of other people so i do believe that like i don't think he necessarily like like when he bit them i don't necessarily think that they died and turned i i think they yeah. just kind of turned you know. Yeah, I just I wasn't clear on that. Yeah. That is one thing the show doesn't actually explain. I don't know if the show did that intentionally or if they like wanted the element of mystery, but that's what I don't know because on dead vampires, there's no going back. Yeah. But vampires that are just like, you know, under Dracula's influence and like the only way you can break it is by killing him, like Lost Boys, for example. Yeah, yeah. Well, the head vampire everybody else would turn back to normal um i i don't know if that i don't know if that was done intentionally or not but um, i kind of liked it that way I guess. yeah i mean i was under the impression that they weren't killed i, I was under the impression that they were just turned so but yeah, yeah I, I mean i guess, I guess it is I up to hoping, interpretation I was, 
I guess I was hoping that they were because see the, at the end it didn't really make sense to me that Vanessa killed herself because Dracula was dead and I thought there would be a way that they could free her and cure her but instead she was just like nah there is no going back there is no curing me you need to kill me because I'm gonna constantly be seeking to do evil shit for yeah. the rest of my yeah. life yeah well, you know what I mean I let Dracula fucking bite me I am not a good person yeah. <laughs> and she was kind of like the reincarnation of uh, the mistress of evil or, 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 yeah. or whatever so it's like if she doesn't die then like they're just gonna keep you know you know they, then he can kind of take over well now that i think about it that you know there's a point too because at the end of it was the episode before the last one of the um first season she's trying to get ethan to do the same thing yeah she's trying to get ethan to kill her she's like you know this is gonna keep happening i'm possessed like you know i mean nothing good is gonna come from this you have to kill me but ethan is able to cure her right there on the spot by like praying to saint jude and putting a crucifix on her forehead and reciting like a bunch of latin and like she snaps out of the spell and I was kind of thinking something like that might happen again and maybe like that would make a segue into season four, but you know, it wasn't to be obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I think they had planned it out purposely that it, I didn't that really it was think a finale. Yeah. I, yeah. For, I forgot. I, well, obviously they planned it out. Doc. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying like they improvised on the spot. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. no but, but I mean, uh, since he knew that it was ending with season three, that that was a, definite finale that it wasn't like a midway through a decision like oh shit we need to come up with an ending it was like yeah. purpose purposely done that <laughs> yeah, way. No, I, but i guess it is kind of left I'm not up trying to imply that it wasn't planned out like yeah. i'm not saying there was no script but that... i guess i guess maybe it was left a uh, purposely left up to interpretation of like <clears throat> of why she killed herself and like you know that there was no coming back or like the meaning behind her death and everything like that so it's almost yeah. left open that there still could have maybe been a season four if necessary yeah that. you know yeah. they did leave like a hanger there and i remember thinking well you know there's still hope because the writers are so fucking clever with everything that they've done so far in the show i'm sure they could write like a workaround that would transition into like a new period where vanessa comes back they could have had victor frank is Stein, uh, bring bring yeah. bring her back. Yeah, yeah, totally seamlessly. I'm yeah. sure, like with the quality that they had working for them, like they probably could have transitioned into a season four that would have like uh, pulled off well. You know, one scene I really really enjoyed was in season three. It was when Ethan and one of um lucifer's minions that kind of like breaks free well no she doesn't actually break free from lucifer she's still trying to do his bidding um it's when ethan goes back to america to oh the, the witch one of the witches father, one of the yeah. witches yeah i remember she tells uh lucifer she tells um ethan in the desert she said say lucifer i am your animal and you will be like forever free you'll be under his service and she tells him like she's like i'm going to use 
these evil powers that Lucifer gave me to rip the dudes that are hunting us. Are you cool with that? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, that scene was fantastic. Yeah, he's like, do it. And like, she makes snakes come out of the ground and stuff like that. And like, I thought that was fucking amazing. I loved when he goes back to America to see his father, who I think was played by Patrick Dempsey. Was it, I thought it was Brian Cox. No, it was not Brian Cox. It was uh, T-1000. That's Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. Yeah, sorry. okay. Patrick yeah, you're right. Yeah, Robert Patrick. I don't know why I said... I was thinking... Not Brian Cox either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Cox. I watched something recently with Brian Cox. And that's why he came to mind. Well, Brian Cox, like, really easy to think of him as, like, someone's evil father. So, yeah, like, I, <laughs> he does I that totally a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they go back to see him, and then there's that point, there's the uh, dinner table scene, where instead of saying grace, he starts, like, talking about hell and damnation yeah. and yeah. shit like that, and then they decide to, like, attack his father and everyone else at the table, and she turns back into a demonic creature, and they just start battling and like that i i really really enjoyed that like i didn't think i was going to i thought it was going to be like really cheesy but ethan finds out like the indian wolf that had bit him was played by the guy from he was the bad guy in the last of the mohicans he is uh he's one of the most popular that's a deep cut native, yeah what's that i said that's a deep cut i went i i didn't know that Oh yeah, that he was uh, in, in Last of the Mohicans. Bro, he he plays like the renegade Indian. He's like played that throughout his entire career. Like, and I don't know the actor's name, but he's been in a ton of fucking movies. Yeah, I definitely and recognized him. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. I just didn't realize I haven't seen Last of the Mohicans. I haven't yeah. seen him. I haven't seen Last of the Mohicans in forever, so I didn't realize that that was. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like that movie, but yeah. um, and anyway. So, yeah, he he's like the Native American uh, werewolf that bit him and he finds out in the desert and it, Ethan's story gets even more deeper because they find out like he killed his own brother as a wolf. Right. And they didn't understand what happened. Like his brother was just dead, torn to pieces or something like that. Yeah. And there was like a whole maybe I'm wrong, but there was a story where like his father was like a ruthless like rancher who like committed like genocide against like the indians and you know other native americans and like you know did all these fucking horrible things and somehow ethan got his brother killed and his father was like devastated and there was a whole new like subplot made like and i thought it was just really really well done yeah that's um, like the whole reason he bounces to like uh england to get away from like the authorities that, yeah. that are like after him for committing uh, atrocities yeah, yeah. He, he committed war crimes he talks yeah. about committing war yeah. crimes and then and, you, yeah you don't find out that whole backstory till yeah. season three yeah it was well, yeah it was fantastic yeah, so he, he's pursued by he's being pursued by like american agents or something or agents of his father but um you know i i thought the story was his father and like who he because he, he keeps talking about his father as like this really bad man and i didn't i wasn't sure if like they were ever going to meet him and the backstory his character just got so much more depth like the character's 
continued to get more and more depth as the seasons went on, which is what you'd expect. But yeah. as monsters, I thought there was going to be like a little bit of flickering of their past, but instead they like really every character has like this like really intricate backstory uh attached to it where they kind of either reinvent like you were saying with lucifer and with dracula or you know they just pretty much went on um you know the classic mythology of the character yeah 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 i thought uh, victor uh, frankenstein's uh story was fantastic and he you know he's like the the i don't want to say troubled but you know um he kind of is in a way, he's, but he's he's a morphine addict. He yeah, he, like he, he's trying to do good, but in he, like he's very a weird way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the word I was looking for. But uh, what you were saying? What were you saying about best intentions? Yeah, he he, he had best in, his his intentions were noble to to in his eyes. You know what I mean? Like, but he'd always go about it in a really strange and fucked up way. So like. And like yeah. he, yeah, and, and I, the creature was the same thing. Like he just wanted to be like loved, and and everything just kept going wrong for him as well. And like, and he was, you know, only seen as like the creature before you, and not as like a deeper. Well, it was his first time. It was Frankenstein's first experiment. Yeah. And his first experiment well it did not go well he created a creature that like pretty much woke up suffering in miserable agony that it just yeah. could not control like he describes like years of not only physical pain but intense psychological trauma and yeah. frankenstein pretty much just abandons it doesn't kill it doesn't try to put out its misery he just bounces it, <laughs> hides and just goes away way yeah so you have this creature that can't die that's in agonizing pain that won't ever stop yeah. <laughs> and it's just it spends like i think like years trying to track him down and by which time he like figured out his mistakes and like was trying to do good things and uh yeah it um yeah it when he frankenstein up it fucked victor up and he yeah. started uh shooting morphine yeah when he comes when the creature comes back into his life and <laughs> and just like starts really fucking with him even more like hey you fucked me up i'm gonna fuck up everyone around you if you don't fucking yeah. you know do I'm this for me or do this yeah know, and he pretty much yeah. tells him he starts doing it too. yeah he's like i'm gonna keep taking from you i'm not gonna kill you yet but like i want you to keep doing stuff for me as i keep killing people you love and then i'm eventually going to murder you and it's going to be horrible agonizing death yeah <laughs> so. yeah i think the only uh character we didn't really get like a, a super deep backstory which they only started to hint at in season three was uh dr jekyll uh which unfortunately yeah. i mean I, I think if they actually had a season four we would have gotten to see more of but like his character was really interesting too and you get little hints of his uh backstory of like he like he doesn't even become like dr jekyll to like the very end of like his, uh, of that season almost when like they mentioned his father had finally passed away so he can have that name or, or whatever so i think i thought that was interesting too and there but, were a couple other characters i just want to briefly mention um in season three i believe um well, i don't know how to describe her other than um 
the ridiculously attractive like redhead vampire hunter they recruited yeah i don't remember where she uh, like i wanted I, to ask you did, did she, was she anyone was she like one of like van helsing's assistant because she felt like she was like somewhat recognizable but i don't know if she was a sole creation of the show or she was based on somebody in like the mythology or something like that yeah like, i'm not sure either where uh, you know who her characters about, yes right? yes yeah i, I thought maybe she could have she could have easily just been van helsen's daughter you know what i mean like yeah if they, sure. if they wanted to but i don't think she was about uh, she was definitely somebody associated with him yeah well but, uh, she they had said she had been like a researcher she had wasn't yeah. she an anthropologist and she kind of like studied ancient peoples sort of like the guy in season one he's like the um scholar I, that's like trying to help vanessa yeah he's um, the one that goes to uh egypt the, like he, yes, when he's trying yeah, yeah, for the yeah money like and he's the one that's like trying to you find out later he's working for like lucifer's minions yeah. but um yeah he was he was like the researcher the anthropologist that was doing all those things yeah i thought he was going to bring about the mummy yeah and like i was really looking but um and of course jack the ripper like you said i was also waiting for him like every episode after episode i was waiting for jack the ripper to pop up never happened yeah. but the other character um timothy dalton's character's butler the black man i believe he was from africa and he had like these really like interesting like um like acrylic thing on his like forehead oh, the, like the markings skin, yeah the markings on his skin like yeah i forget eyes. what his name was um but yeah i thought he was really good too was he based on anyone though i don't think so either i'm not sure because yeah, there was like there were points where i was like i know this guy he was because he his past was like real mysterious they never really they indicate that he had done like really pissed things in his life yeah. and like he was never trying to go back where he came from either um like they gave the impression that he could not go home ever he was like him and ethan kind of developed something of a bond over that because they both had like really fucked up as yeah so i just want to know if you knew if he was based on anything but not, not sure. that i know because i mean when i remember when i first watched it and like i was like okay i know this character this character this character then i was like oh and i remember looking up to see if vanessa eyes was based off of anyone and and she yeah, wasn't can, she was a new yeah, character and yeah. so was uh timothy dalton's character uh so i'm assuming some of those other guys were just created you know other characters were created just for the show as well but yeah. there were some like minor characters that like i didn't know that were um were part well, one of it thing we should definitely mention before i forget because i definitely want to mention this is that in season three vanessa is placed in a mental hospital and like one of her aides in that mental hospital is the same actor that played the creature that yes. frankenstein first creates and he goes by the name of john clare i believe it's a poet and it was kind of showing like 
I don't know if it was supposed. I guess it was supposed, it was supposed to, be to be the same guy. Yeah. That yeah. same guy in his life. And he was like a really gentleman who, you know, worked at a mental asylum and tried to take care of people that were, you know, mentally ill and like very sick. And he tried to like help them get better. So in his like normal life, he was like, you know, a really kind, gentle and caring person. And I thought it was like really interesting that when he transformed into the creature, he was the exact polar opposite of that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I thought that was like a really cool dynamic. I just wanted to mention that before I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to recommend this show to, to everyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, I hope even with us, you know, talking about some of the spoilers that uh, you still go back and, uh, yeah, and watch I, I, it. I'd want to see it even more after hearing the spoilers. <laughs> because like yeah. I was, what I was trying to convey is, and it was hard for me to put it in words, but like the show, like when you initially hear what who's going to be in the show, you think it's got to be corny. Like you're never going to get like this group of monsters to like all fit into like uh, it was a horror drama. There was no comedy. You would think it would be like a comedy or something like that yeah. where you have like all the but like not nah, like they did it in like such a manner that like it all worked out beautifully and so like i feel like you need to hear some spoilers so that like you're not like oh wow that does sound really fucking cool you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like, i have to check That's that true. out because you know we can't give it justice in like you know talking about it for an hour or so like you know you have to see it and uh you know there's a lot of stuff that we did not mention so it's not like you're not gonna not get freshy scenes you know yeah there's I mean? still surprises in there that we Tons definitely of stuff, uh, a bunch of stuff we probably forgot to mention i know there's like a few other things i could go on about but uh just an amazing show especially at a time when uh there's not like a lot of great shit on like if you've missed it you got to go back yeah and there's only they're only what 10 episodes uh 10, seasons? 10 episode yeah. seasons yeah hour episodes or 50 minute episodes or whatever 10 episodes three seasons shit um you know if you're out of work right now you could probably do that in three days <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying yeah i mean I, I think i watched maybe one or two a night because I, I i didn't want to you know binge it all i want to you know enjoy it and you know kind of think about everything i binged so. the shit out of it at the time i watched it i had nothing to do i was in a very low point in my life and penny dreadful fucking i probably watched all three seasons in like two days Jesus. Like, I, I could i could not stop watching i would get up i would make toast i take a leak i go back and just keep watching penny dreadful so like i just watched it like really incessantly um and uh hey it worked out it worked out well for me it got me through a rough time <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good for you. Yeah. yeah, I paced myself uh, on that one. And uh, one of the other shows um, that I've also watched recently that was on, uh, it was on HBO Europe, but it's on HBO Max now. It's called uh, 30 Coins, and it's this uh, Spanish horror thing. Yeah, yeah I, ch I watched like one episode a night of that. It's all subtitles. You're not going to find a, a dubbed version, but it's basically about a, uh, a priest who... Uh, goes to a small town in uh spain uh he was like you know um he had done a an exorcism that went wrong 
and then he was kind of exiled. So uh, and then it, so he's in this small town, and these other uh, his past comes kind of haunting him and the town folk. And the thirty coins is a reference to um, this religious sect that are looking for the coins um, that were paid to Judas for betraying Christ because they believe it holds a power. And uh, it's, I thought it was really a great series. I think the last episode kind of got a, a little ridiculous, but I, I think overall there was a lot of good storytelling in it and there was some good creature uh, effects early on. But yeah, I, think the, I think the last episode was a little bit over the top, and, and, uh, but uh, I think I would recommend it overall still. I think it's like 10 this episodes. Spanish and Italian subtitles, you said? Yeah, it's, uh, most of it is in Spain, but there are parts where he goes, uh, there's a scene that takes place in, in America. So there's some English in it as well. And there's some scenes where he goes back to Italy and uh, there's some Italian as well. So it, it kind of jumps around, but most of it, it takes place in the small town of Spain. And I, I thought the pacing was really uh, done well as well. There's not a lot of sidebars and stuff like they'll, you'll see hints of like familiarity of like different horror things, but then like they'll kind of take a turn to like something else. And I really couldn't tell where it was going to go. So I thought that was uh, very interesting. I was like, I don't know where they're going with this show. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, that's next on my list. Um, in, ter in terms of uh, horror sci-fi, I'm going 30 coins. Yeah. Uh, you've told, you told me enough where like you've definitely uh, sparked my intrigue. So I'm going to check that one out next. Yeah, I just I just want to warn you ahead of time about the the final episode too. You're going to be like, "Wow, this is a little <laughs> over the top and ridiculous." Bro, I'm so used but, to uh, disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't. Yeah, like I I I don't have great expectations. Yeah, so I believe like, it. I believe it is getting a season two. I mean, it does kind of end. I uh, have an open ending, so you. And this is on Netflix. You no, said? it's uh, HBO Max. HBO Max. Yeah, because okay. it, it was originally an HBO like Europe. Uh, yeah you, think, you, yeah, you you said that. I just yeah. uh, didn't remember. So it's on HBO Max. I think the next show I'm going to check out is going to be either uh, Them, which is on Amazon, and uh, or not about giant, not about giant ants. No, it's it's a like a 1950s, um, like racially charged horror uh, film or series. Um, then the the other one I want to check out was uh, Sweet Home. Which is on Netflix. It's a, I believe it's a Korean uh, horror about like a uh, somebody something happens in this um, apartment complex where like uh, people start randomly turning into monsters. I believe, but they don't know like who is going to turn or what's causing it. I've I've heard really good things about it, so I think I want to check that one out as well. So those are those are the next two that were kind of on my list. That, sounds that kind of Argento to me. Yeah, that kind of piqued my interest. But uh, I don't know what what do you got going on besides uh, watching Thirty Coins? Uh, to be honest with you, like nothing else like that would really fit our platform. Um, I'm watching The Crown, which really has nothing to do with art, <laughs> so I'm not going to get into that. But um, I was thinking about checking out this one uh, series called um, Lock and Key. I believe you had mentioned it on the cast before, but like the reviews have been crummy. And my buddy who watched it recently was like, meh. 
like i'd agree with that yeah so like i don't really plan on seeing that so like right now i'm kind of like reduced to not watching much horror and sci-fi but like i'm really looking forward to 30 coins i'm really looking forward to that changing like i'm really looking forward to you know things starting to you know come out again of like good quality which apparently everything's on the horizon witcher season two boom that was yeah that, that finished was, filming that was, yeah, yeah they yeah. finished filming um so that's definitely coming out so like i mean there's definitely stuff i'm looking forward to it's just right now i don't have much going on yeah, I'll, I'll put together uh, a list of some things maybe you should check out. I would definitely look in to see what's coming out on uh, Shudder. I know that uh, Psycho Gorman, which has been getting pretty good reviews, is coming out next month uh, that I want to check out. Um, Willy's Wonderland, the, that Nick Cage, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's uh, movie, I, I hear is really good. What's the guy that made VFW uh, doing? um i'm not sure what his because next project i, I, I want to find out what his next project because i love the fw yeah that's like, on uh, shutter now if you if you uh that was i don't know if we've out. ever talked about before i don't want to get into it now because i could talk another hour about that yeah i had mentioned it to you and i told you to watch it i was like you need to see this yeah you, uh, you but... said get on top of it i did and you were completely correct it, yeah. it was one of the the better movies i've seen recently like uh that i mean that came out 2019 i don't see anything on his list of uh something upcoming i'll have to look into like news if he's got anything on the horizon but i still want to go back and check out his other movie bliss which i believe is on uh netflix right now or no i think it might be on shutter i can't remember what what it's on shutter seems to be adding a lot of content yeah i'm I'm really enjoying them like a lot bigger yeah like um, when you first mentioned it to me it seemed like it was kind of obscure not that many people like knew about it but like i have people i talk to now that are like hey have you heard shutter i'm like yes i have so you know it's it's kind of taken off yeah i remember when it was like this little obscure like streaming like horror thing where they just basically got a bunch of like uh stuff that didn't need rights to or like a lot of other people already had to it like stuff that was in public domain but it seems like uh since i found out they were owned by amc that they've started to really go out and like build it up as like the horror network to go yeah. to especially since netflix doesn't really uh have a lot of horror on there anymore yeah i was gonna say like the the horror i mean it's got like a it's got like a decent amount huh it's, it's got, got some, some i think amazon i think yeah i think amazon prime probably has more uh horror now than uh netflix does but i think the place to go to is is shutter you're gonna find some some gems in there so. Yeah, that's I well, I think Shudder's like a better source for like good material. Like, oh, I'm sure Netflix probably like if you just go by volumes of movies that are in the horror category, it's yeah. possible that Netflix has more. But like in terms of like good stuff you want to see, it seems like Shudder's the place to be right now. Yeah, and they definitely have a lot more like independent like stuff that you might not have heard about or like that's not in theaters that are getting a lot of buzz on like the uh, festival circuits and stuff like that so i think it's worth uh checking out but uh yeah so uh that's about uh all we got today uh thanks for uh joining me uh always always a good time always Uh, a good time with you bro you take care of yourself yeah we'll definitely uh cover um the fangory chainsaw awards that are uh on shutter on sunday i believe i believe that's when the 18th is 
uh halfway to halloween is uh coming up on the uh 30th yeah so uh we'll be looking forward to that i'm sure we'll do oh, uh, yeah. something uh there'll be some changes that will be announced soon to uh fright central uh, i'm not going to really go into it right now but uh that'll be something soon but uh thanks for joining us and uh check us out on the facebook group and uh like us on itunes comment you know get in there uh <laughs> <laughs> very enthusiastic there kev yeah <laughs> all right all right good night all right. buddy thanks for joining me see you